Shotgun look Baker. Good snap, looking to his left, looking for the ball toward the end zone, toward Evans. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans. This is Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters. Hooters, the official wing joint since 1983. Now your co-hosts, former Buccaneers guard Ali Marpet and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. I am so excited to be joined by Jamel Dean. Don't make a scene. Dean is here to make a scene with us here on the radio. Jamel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, man, 2-0. Tell me how that feels uh, to start the season 2-0, especially, I feel like, just based on the outside perspective that there were people saying that's the number of wins you guys would have all year to come out 2-0, how does that feel? You know, it feels great, you know, ever since, like, the whole offseason, we had a lot of doubters, you know, since we got a lot of 1 o'clock games now, so that lets you know that they've been doubting us, but it's good to start off the season 2-0 and to show the world that, hey, we're still the same Buccaneers team that we were last year. Well, better. <laughs> look at that, look at that. And for I also want to hear you take me through the whole Shaq game ceiling pick six I mean, that's just, to me personally, one of my favorite plays I've seen in a long time. And I want to know what it was like for you guys, you know, out there on the field and part of the defense in that moment to feel like, man, here they're driving, you know, y'all are only up by three. They have a chance to tie or go ahead. And for a play like that, take me through what actually happened and then how it felt being out there with him. Yeah. So the play before, I, in my mind, I thought we had the safety, but he eventually got the ball off. And then I was like, oh, don't worry. It'll, it'll come back. Then it came back the very next play. And then, uh, I I don't think I ever remember. I don't think my years of playing football, I've ever seen a, a a pick six from a screen. Like I never seen it. Then the fact that when he caught it, it was just like a it was a huge pallet the one yard line. So it was just like both defense off off and trying to stop him from going in. Defense just pull him in the end zone. You know, it was a great feeling just knowing that that right there really sealed the game. And yeah, Ali Marpet is doing a lot of these shows with us, but he couldn't make it today. So he actually sent me a few questions for you that he wanted answered. And one of them is he wanted to know on that play, was that just feel on Shaq's part or was that a built-in read for him or, or how did that work? Uh, it was more instinct for Shaq. So I guess, you know, most linemen just don't don't let him just run freely. So he probably took like two steps and was like, in the light bulb window, like, oh yeah, let me uh find a running back. <laughs> That's awesome. And for you, what has it been like to watch him come back from injury? I mean, that's a that's a rough injury for anybody to come back from and to see him making the kind of plays that he did. I mean, he had the sack as well. I mean, these are incredibly athletic plays. You're a guy that knows a, a thing or two about coming back from injury, people doubting you. What has it been like to watch him fight through all of that? You know, it, it shows a lot about his character that he's willing, he, he knows how to like push through adversity because injuries like that, man, it, it it questioned your ability, like, would I ever be the same? And the fact that he came back a lot stronger than he, than he was last year. So, you know, it showed, like, resiliency. So, you know, I really, like, applaud him for that because it, that's a tough deal to come back through, like, a whole year just missing football, just trying to get yourself back to how you used to be. What do you remember about him going through it? How often were you guys seeing him or around him? How did he kind of seem like he was approaching it and handling it in terms of trying to do his rehab, but then also be a part of the team? Well, you know, the whole time you would see him in the training room, you would speak to him, be like, hey, how you doing? How's the how's the ankle coming on, coming along? And then, you know, it was a slow process, but I understand it because coming from having like three knee surgeries, so I know that you're mainly in the background of a lot of things, but you really 
doing a lot of doing a lot of rehab, like in the mornings, while in the mornings during meetings, like you just you just continuously doing all everything you need to do just to get yourself back to back to your old self. And then another guy here who's just making the most of some opportunities is Christian Izzy, and he gets another interception, which is insane. I mean, he's played two games now as an undrafted rookie free agent, and he's gotten an interception in both of them. Um, first of all, just tell us about that play at the very end of the game and, and what you saw from him. You know, it, like Justin Field threw the ball, and then they always tell you, they always tell us to, to break to the football because you may never know what's going to happen, and that's what he did. He broke to the football, and then. You know, Antoine made a great break, made a great breakup on on Claypool, and then so happened the ball just found Izzy. So, you know, he got to be living right. <laughs> he is. That's absolutely true. Um, and I know we're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, we thought Zion McCollum was going to get his first career interception as well. Ended up getting called back, which I know uh -huh. that's got to be a hard feeling for him in that moment. What was that like to watch him think he got that and then it get called back? And how did you guys kind of maybe try to to keep him up in that moment? In my mind, I still think he had it. Like, they kept showing the replay. I'm just like, how do you not give him that? But we just kept telling him, like, hey, man, in our minds, you that was the interception. I don't care what they say. It, but you got to just keep keep encouraging. Like, don't worry, you'll get it back. You know, and unfortunately, they didn't throw, throw him his way no more. But it'll, get, it, it'll, it'll come back to him. And how did you guys feel like he did filling in for Carlton in the game? You know, I feel like he made, it like, a huge jump from his rookie year to this year. So like he's getting he understanding the game better. He's more confident in himself. And you can like actually see it. Like he's taking film study more seriously now. So, you know, that just normally like that's the step you want to see from a from going from year one to year two. Yeah, I remember that uh y'all's coach, Coach Rock, had said something about how he felt like Zion was the guy that maybe has the chance to take the biggest step on the whole defense or maybe in the team from last year to this year do you agree with that is he some is that something that you've seen and and the ways that he's been working yeah i do agree because whenever whatever the coaches tell him that he need to work on he's he's coming out before practice or working on it and then you can see that he's studying more and then during the whole offseason like he came in through he came into all the otas practices okay you know he he really want to like get better with his with his craft and uh, I know anytime you guys miss Carlton, that's a big deal. He's not a guy you ever want to have without uh, in the game. What are the biggest ways you guys try to account for not having him? What And what do you miss most when he's not out there? I mean, it's really, we really got to just the next man up mentality. Like, even though he's not there, we expect the same, we expect the same results on the other side as, as on defense. So it's really not, really not, it's not supposed to be a drop off. And I know that the uh, front guys definitely helped you out a little bit in this game. There were just sacks happening all over the place. Guys were getting pressure like crazy. What did you see of why the, they were so effective this game? What was it in either the game plan throughout the week or just the way that things fell on Sunday? What do you think it was about this game that let them get so much pressure? I mean, I guess, you know, they probably watched a lot of films like, yeah, this is the opportunity for us to get a lot of sacks. And then, you know, they, they was all in sync with their stunts. So... You know, it just, it just, it, they, they were just basically just working as a unit, and then it paid off for them. Everybody get the, got their opportunity to get a sack. And how much does that fire you guys up in the moment when they're getting some of these sacks? What is that like to be in the back end watching that happening? Oh man, it's a great feeling because you know, eventually the quarterback he's going to stop focusing on the cover and just start just worrying about the rush, and then maybe he'll start like throwing like bad balls to where we have opportunities for interceptions. So it, it goes hand in hand.
and Joe Tronchenka gets a two sack game. Uh, what have you seen from him uh, this off season and season in terms of trying to make this a, a bigger year for him as well? You know, ever since the cruise, when he said his emphasis is on getting, getting to the quarterback more, and I feel like he actually like been taking the steps to like reach that like reach that milestone for himself because he knew that he kind of like sold himself short last year. So, but he's making up for it now. I love that. You're basically telling everybody this is why they need to come on the cruise. You tell them the fans what your goals are and then you got to like hold You got to live up to it because they're the season ticket holders. So they're going to be watching. They're going to be watching and they know, and it looks like he is definitely holding it down. Um, Tell me about, it looked like that first drive that the bears had. I know you guys probably weren't thrilled with that one and they just kind of marched down the field and you guys got their touchdown, but then it felt like that really was the turning point for you guys. What happened after that first drive for you guys to really start locking down on him? Oh, uh, you know, just in-game adjust adjustments. That's all. That's really all about in game day. Who can make the most adjustments? And then, you know, they had they had like a good first fifteen plays dialed up for us, and they executed. I know we've talked uh, a little bit about the the defense here, obviously, since that's you. But we also got to brag on this Bucks offense, and it has to start, of course, with Mister Mike Evans, one hundred and seventy-one yards a touchdown, one of those, a 70 yard catch. Now, look, I know you have to go against him and practice all the time. There's got to be a part of you that really enjoys whenever you can see it be somebody else that he's doing that to, that you have to face him all the time and practice. Is there a part of you that's like, yeah, you know what? I feel, I feel pretty good about myself right now watching this. Oh yeah. I just be like, yeah, I love Mike now. I, like, <laughs> I, I just look at the other corners and be like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're going through. He's a, he's a handful. You got your work cut out for you today. Yep. And tell me what, it, what is it that they're going through? Tell me exactly what it is about as you watch Mike do that. And you've seen it in practice. It's like, I feel like there's almost no more words. We've all watched it, but to try to explain how he's able to do it just year after year, game after game, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. It doesn't matter what else is going on in the game. Why is Mike the guy that can put up those kind of numbers no matter what? I mean, it just his build, his understanding of defense and his physicality. Like you don't really see that from most receivers, but he brings that every game. So most most cornerbacks not expecting that. Most cornerbacks expect like receivers to be like fancy and all like fancy and all that. But Mike, he just aggression and then he just does enough to get open and make plays. Like he makes it look easy. Uh, and then Baker Mayfield, three hundred and seventeen yards passing, no interceptions, and just in general, no uh, turnovers. You know, so far it, it's just. In, in these games, it's been crazy to watch the way that they've been kind of protecting the ball. There was a couple near misses with some fumbles and stuff, but uh, Baker not only getting the yards and all that, but he's, you know, being elusive. He ducked away from a few sacks. How fired up have you guys been watching him? I mean, whether he's throwing a stiff arm, he's ducking away from people. What's that been like for you guys to watch on the sideline? Oh man, we get so fired up when he, st when he does stuff like that. Okay, you really don't expect quarterbacks to do that. And then once he go out and do it, he shows that, yeah, you got a little grit to you. <laughs> I like that. And that means a lot to you guys on the defensive side, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Especially since he's giving us a break. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part. That's for sure. I know that it was definitely a hot one on Sunday. Do you guys feel like it gives you an advantage over a team like Chicago, where you know that they have not been preparing and playing in an atmosphere like that? Yeah for, like the you can tell yeah, for the most part, you can tell the difference because you know, being up north, like the, the weather is, is different. It's probably getting cooler up there at this time, this time of the year. But you come down to Florida, and when it's still blazing hot, kind of like a, it's probably like a shock. It, it puts the body into a shock because you you can't prepare for you can't prepare for this type of weather because you can't re, you can't create that. 
Yeah, it's so true. Do you feel like you guys are at least more prepared for it in that sense because you have been playing in it more? Yeah, we're, like we're 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 used to it. Yeah, but it doesn't take the fact, it doesn't like regards to the fact that it's really it's still hot. But we we're 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 used to it more than they are. That's very true. All right. We are going to have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues. Brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Back to your co-hosts, Ali Marpet and Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. We are so excited to be joined by cornerback, Jamel Dean, uh, I know in the first segment we talked a little bit about missing Carlton out there on the field. This is a guy you you haven't played without Carlton a whole lot in uh, many years in terms of both you've been with the Bucks and him, you were with him at Auburn. There's been so many so much history you have with this guy. Tell me how important that is and how that has shaped the way you guys have been able to play together that you've now known each other for so long. Uh, you know, I just feel like we we're like a, a tandem, really. So like we we basically feed off of each other on the field, and then once one person is down, the other one's just trying to uplift the other one, because you know like the way like cornerback is like a it's really like a position where it's like really like mentally uh draining sometimes, but you know you just got to keep encouraging each other because you gonna go you gonna have your ups and down feelings throughout the game. They're just the nature of the position. So that's like at least at least us we understand like look I know what you do I believe in you just keep playing man we got a whole we got a whole game ahead of us. That's great. How have you seen him grow and change since you came in here to the Bucks with him? What are the ways that you've seen him go from being, you know, the young brash guy to being kind of the the leader in in your group and and be kind of the elder statesman of the cornerback room? You know, he's he's more vocal now. He wants to take that leadership role and just show like the rookies that what it takes to be like a great corner. So I can see that that right there is something that he's grown at, grown as. Instead of just us being the young guys all the, for the past couple of years, but now we're technically the the vets, <laughs> which has got to be crazy. And I know, right? When you when you think about that, of like you said, what it takes to be great as a corner, what do you what would you say that that is? How would you describe what it takes to be great? And has your opinion of that changed maybe since you even came into the league? Uh, confidence and the way you the way in your preparation throughout the week. Yep. What do you feel like has changed most about that for you to this point? Uh, for me, it's more like my preparation because I, I like I kind of like I'm so hard on myself. So like through practice and then through meetings, I'm like, God, I could do this better. I need to do this better. And then I got bows in my ear too, telling me like the little things matters. So then like I really like holding in on that. And then just once I like get towards the end of the week and I like watching the film, and I'm like, all right, I got them down. I like that. What would you describe that makes Carlton great? What are the things that the little things he does or his attitude, physical, his physical nature? Like if you were to just to tell someone who's never seen Carlton play, what would you say about what makes him great? You know, he's a, he's a technician, like man to man coverage. He's a technician. Like he really honed in on like his press technique. Cause he know that's, that's his strength. So like every day, like every day after practice, we made sure we get a couple like releases to, to, to get our eyes and our footwork together. And then, and then he just also he he studies more too. And then I know we talked a little bit in the first segment about Christian Izian stepping in in that starting slot role. And uh, here's a guy that again undrafted rookie free agent and. 
this was a role played by either Sean Murphy Bunting or Antoine Winfield Jr. in recent years, guys that had done pretty well at this. And I mean, these are some big shoes to be stepping into and a defense that had high expectations. What did you see from him that, why was he able to prove to Coach Bowles and everyone else that he was ready for a role like that? Really, his mindset and his like his work ethic, like every like every play he's giving he giving hundred percent effort every play, and then you know you can't coach that, and then he's real and then he's smart too, so he understands the defense, and then it allows him to play fast. And what is it like for you guys to get a chance to watch him get these interceptions? I know, especially think about that first game where he basically just ripped it away from somebody. What's what does that do for you guys out there on the field? You know, I I love when like when guys come in and make plays, especially rookies, because it's like this is basically like your first your first show really on a big stage. So you know, I like it, it brings joy to us knowing that like we got a rookie that's like stepping that's like stepping in and like filling big shoes and it's selling at it. So every time I tell that man, you play, but you was playing great, man. Cause I know it. It sounds good to hear it from a vet, cause that's how I was as a rookie too. I remember like what it's like making plays, and then you got a vet come up to you, be like, "Hey, man, you you doing a great good job, but you're gonna be a good player in this league." Is it crazy for you to realize that you're that guy now that you can have that kind of impact when you talk to somebody? Yeah, it's still kind of weird, cause but you know they they come to me, they come they come to try to call me the OG now. Got me feeling old. That's great. I mean, OG is better than just calling you old, at least. At least there's some respect on that name. Oh my uh, God. We're quarterback Jamel Dean here. Um, and since we talked about Izzy and being at the slot, that means Antoine Winfield is back at safety only. Tell me what that means to this defense to have him back there getting a chance to really focus on being the safety. Yeah, it allows it allows Antoine to play free and uh, make more plays on the ball. At least, as you can see, he's been making plays on the ball the past two games. And what makes him so good at the safety spot you know he understands the defense and then he understands the defense he's a great tackler and then everybody knows when he's on the field his presence is going to be known and then he and then the fact that he under, like he understands all the fact that he understands the defense he also understands what the offense is trying to do to us too because he can see everything so he just go, go to the sideline and relates everything to us what he's seeing and then that's basically just play off that I know you guys have talked a lot about your goals for takeaways this year. How do you guys feel so far, a couple weeks in, how you guys are able to be putting those numbers up? You know, uh, we've, we're on the right track right now. Our goal is always, our goal is 30, so now we're down to 25 now. Wow. I mean, you're on you're on pretty yeah, decent. So we, so, yeah, so we're on, we're, on a, we're on a good pace right now. It just last year, you know, we kind of like struggled. We was going games without turnovers, but now we're trying to make it more of an emphasis to get three or more in the game. I mean, we fell short last game, but still we got turnovers. Yes. We yes. really did have three though. They just they just took away uh Zion's interception. <laughs> is, is that gonna fly with bowls in his counting? No. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> um, why do you feel like it was something you guys struggled with last year? Sometimes takeaways can feel kind of lucky in terms of the bounce here, bounce there, you know, and I'm sure the Bears feel that way after you know, you guys on offense were able to recover a few fumbles randomly. So what what is it that made you guys feel like it didn't happen last year and what could change to make it happen this year? You know, we're being aggressive now. So we actually like, we're actually like punching at the ball. We're taking our chances on, well, we're not making gambles. We like anticipating routes now. So we can have that jump on, jump on the ball to make an interception. Cause you know, if you don't take, you don't take your chances, you ain't gonna never make a turnover. But yeah. it just, it just consistently just going after the ball. And I feel like going against this offense, 
has got to have helped you guys a little bit in the preseason as well as we've talked about going against Mike. And um, I just wanted to hear what you felt like when you watch Mike in training camp and when you saw Chris Godwin now, and he's like, it feels more like fully back from his injury. What did you notice from the two of those guys in preseason and, and training camp? I was like, man, both of you guys will have a thousand yards this year. <laughs> yeah. That, is that your prediction? Yeah, definitely. What did you notice from Chris? Did you, could you feel like you could tell a difference of when he kind of was his full self after the injury? Uh, For the most part, you know, during like the whole off season, he would come up to me and ask me questions about how I see things. Like we're basically just picking each other's brains and then we'll get like releases after practice. But you can see like, he really like wanting to work his craft. Cause he, he tells me all the time, like what he tells me, like what, like what, what makes him great and things that he understands about himself. And he just continues to work on it. And how about, I know in camp, they were trying to get coach Canales ready and the offense ready with a lot of the call it plays. Do you remember for you guys how much you felt like you were able to kind of help the offense? Did you notice them grow as you guys were able to do a little bit more of that and them working to adjust to you? Well, you know, it, it's it helped the offense a lot because we our defense we give a lot we give a lot of looks, and then and it forced the quarterback to like un, like read the coverage mid play. So being able to have that now going to the season when they go against other teams, it's like okay, I recognize this 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 coverage. And then they pick up on it quick and they know how to adjust. What do you feel like are those things that Canales' offense does well, how it adjusts as you guys were going against them? What was some of your first impressions of him? Well, I like the fact that like he makes everything look the same. So you just can't look at a formation and have a beat and have a B on it. Like you have to like respect all possible scenarios with whatever formation we throw at you. And how did that, for you guys watching that, have have you seen that play out in the games of these other defenses? Have you seen them kind of have to react to that the way you guys were learning to? Oh, most definitely, especially when they have like, when our offense go like 10 minutes, have like a 10 minute drive. <laughs> so we just be like, yes, they they got them on their heels now. And what do you like about Canales' attitude? I know he's not one of your coaches, but I just hear so much about the idea of how much energy he brings. Does that kind of help fire you guys up in some of those dog days at camp and some of the longer practices too? Well, I mean, we really don't be around it, but when, like when you talk to him throughout the hallways, you, know, you can see that he has like a lot of positive energy. I love positive energy. I'm all for it. That's great. And how about Baker? What have you seen from him so far that you've really liked? And, you know, as you watched him go through the whole, you know, competition at quarterback this whole preseason. Well, man, really his confidence, you know, as the season got closer, like you can see that he had, he has this swag about him. Like, yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to show everybody that, while I was the number one pick a couple years ago. Where do you feel like are the positions on the team that swag is most important? Uh, Everywhere. Like, you got to have it. That's the only way you can play group. with confidence. You think every position group needs that? Yeah. So how has that helped in terms of, do you, how, do you guys feel like you have that as a team now, especially do you feel like it has maybe even increased after these first couple wins? Yeah, and I just we just showing everybody that hey, like we're we're competitive too. Like, don't count us out. That's true. And speaking of someone who to not count out for you, people did count you out, especially I mean, a couple of high school knee injuries. Uh, you know, your story's been told so many times now. Losing your shot at Ohio State because of knee injury, told you're not going to be able to play again. Then you get another injury at Auburn. I feel like so many other players would have potentially quit in your spot. So if you were to try to explain, or maybe there's a kid out there going through some sort of injury in high school and being told they can't do it, 
how do you explain why you were able to persevere after all of that? Uh, it's always like it's always having the mindset of want to prove people wrong. Like they tell you that, if they tell you that you can't do something, don't don't believe it. At least go out and try to just to see if you can do it or not. Because you just sit there and just take it, and you won't. You're not really giving yourself an opportunity. And then you got to make sure you have a good support system. Because if you you can do it by yourself, but it's gonna be hard. What do you think if high school Jamel could see you now? What do you think he would say? Oh man, he'll say he. He would say he's proud. So what's funny story is my English teacher from my from my sophomore year, she had us like write herself a letter. Like, what would you want? Like, if you could think of yourself in the future, what would you tell yourself? And then I actually like she actually sent it to me and just like congratulations, congratulations, Jamel, you you've made it. All your hard work and everything you've done in life has finally paid off. And I'm just like, wow, my sophomore self like really thought about this. That's incredible. And that was, was that before your knee injuries or yeah. Had you already, yeah, that's incredible that you just predicted that you were going to make, and for you making it would have meant the NFL. Uh, like graduation and like based on all my milestones really. Yeah. So it would have included all of that. That's pretty incredible. Um, how about now to feel like not only did you just make it to the NFL, which would have been impressive enough, but to make it to the second contract to know you were this sought after free agent what did that mean to you to see that you got to make it somewhere that not a lot of people in the NFL make it? Oh, it just it just goes back to I, I beat the odds. You know, they gave me a 3% chance of being successful in life, and I took advantage of it. That's pretty incredible. What did it mean to you in that moment as you heard teams wanting you and, and the Bucks were wanting you back and wanting to sign you to a long-term deal? What was kind of the feeling of that, of knowing that this team valued you that way? Uh, it was a great feeling. You know, it didn't feel real at first. And I was like, did I really just sign a second contract? It still don't feel real to me. But I still I, I still act the same. And then well, both still treat me the same. So <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's good at keeping you humble, I imagine, yeah. after something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh how about your so this was another question Allie had sent me that he wanted me to ask you. What was your first big purchase after your extension? Uh I I finally bought me a I finally bought myself a car. I had got the 2023 Corvette C8. Look at you. That's pretty impressive. So what, you had not bought a car before this? I mean, it just went, it, I mean, it went technically like fast because I was always, you know, I started off with an Impala and then I got a Silverado and everybody like, come on, dude, you got to like treat yourself, you got to treat yourself to something. And then and I like, you know what, I'm going to just get the Corvette since I, I got like the second that. contract now. And so tell me about what was it? about this team that made you want to stay here tell me take me through your decision process as you decided you know what i am going to stay i'm going to resign with the bucks uh so mainly like it was more like born and raised in florida Cocoa beach florida that was like a big emphasis too and and then for the most part i, I knew i was getting out of the organization and then i knew that we was going to be a good team again and then taxes <laughs> taxes and then my house had, and then my house had just got done being built <clears throat> So my house had just gotten done being built. And I'm like, well, it would suck to go somewhere else when my house just got done. So I'm like, I'm paying mortgage for a house that I'm not even living in. That's so I was great. like, it's a, it, it was just an ideal uh, situation for me. That's great. I love that. All right. We have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Buccaneers Radio. 
Buccaneers Total Access continues. Brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Once again, your co-hosts, Ali Marpet and Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. We have cornerback Jamel Dean here with us. Uh, you mentioned before the break that Bowles is good at uh, keeping you humble after getting a second contract. Tell me if you could try to put into perspective what he has meant to your career and the impact he's had on it at this point. I mean, he had the biggest impact in my career because he actually like helped my game jump come from here to here. Because like I, I never had like a coach that just tells me like that helped me like that taught me the game of football like Bowles has. Most times they just tell you like, all right, this is what we're doing. Just do what you do best. But now it's more like this is what you do and this is why you're doing it. So like That's great. Yeah, so having that that like the mental part of the game like get like enhanced, it really like it, it like it really like showed that my game has gotten that much better. So I can always appreciate both for doing that. Yeah, what do you think you would notice if you looked back at your earliest games? What would stand out to you about your play then? If you were going to do a film session of year one Jamel versus now, what do you think you'd notice? Uh, my my reaction time when anticipating routes and concepts. Nice. Other what time. do you think? Huh? What would Bowles say? I mean, he always said that I'm playing. He said I play faster now. That's what he said. Like you, you're understanding. You're understanding the game. I've also heard that uh, occasionally he comes to his office and just finds you and some of the other DBs laying on his uh, couch in there. Is this accurate? Oh, definitely. You know, my, my my pillow and blanket is always in his office, so I'm always there. But we just there, just like to pick, see like how he see the game, just get information like what what we're expecting and how he how he's seeing it that's great does he still trash talk as much oh definitely <laughs> that's not that's not changing yeah that didn't change being the head coach Nah, it, just, it probably made it worse <laughs> do you uh how often do you feel like you try to give it back to him uh you know whenever he give me a slight window i kind of take advantage of it so a, yeah. yeah i just need a slight window <laughs> <laughs> that's great who trash talks the most on the whole team? Uh, who trash talks the most on the whole team? Uh, it could be between Devin and you know Mike. Mike have his Mike have his moments where he be talking trash. Baker do too. <laughs> kind of hard to say. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot of people. You don't put yourself on that list. Nah, I'd be trying to save all my air. <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good idea. Um. How about who is the most competitive person on the team? Antoine. Wow, that that didn't take any hesitation at all. Yeah, he like he probably one of the most competitive guy on the team. What makes you say that? That just it just how he goes about everything. Like he practices how he plays in the game, like consistently. Like no matter what, he's always finishing on the ball. He's having great technique, and in the game, he just full throttle. That's awesome. Uh, and I noticed he seems like he is like one of the last guys to come off the field of practice. Is that, is that true? Yeah, uh, definitely. Like he, like he, like he's like, he's going to perfect his craft no matter what. If he, if he can control it, he's going to make sure that he makes the most out of his, uh, out of his opportunity. How about game planning for you now? You've talked about how you've really grown in that area. What does it look like for you now? Like, so if you were to walk me through the week when you're preparing for a game, what all you're doing, what does that look like? Uh, it's normal just we come in, meeting, practice, and then like we do the normal routine. And it just when I get home, 
you know, I finally got an office set up. So now I really feel like a nerd when I watch film now. Maybe feel like I'm a coach when I watch film at home. I got my two monitor screens. So I just be okay. That's great. So t- yeah, tell me about this setup and, and how you use it. What do you what are you throwing up there? Oh, I mean, for the most part, it just I just pull up like films from like games that teams play, and I watch it by formation, and I watch it by down the distance. You know, I just try like just just switch it up, like switch up the filters so I can see like a pattern. Cause I'm good at like I'm good at seeing patterns. So like once I get like a pattern, I'm like, all right, this is what they like to do. Do you can you think of one play or one moment where your planning has paid off maybe more than any other? Can you think of a certain play or game or something where you're like, oh my gosh, I watched this? Uh the interception with the Saints. Like the minute I the minute I saw a certain formation and I saw the, like the, the quarterback's action, I immediately just shot to the, like just went straight to where he was going to go. That's and then awesome. that led to the interception. How about when you watch, uh, we're talking to cornerback Jamal Dean, as you watch coach Bowles step into the head coaching role, did you notice anything change about him one way or the other, or, and then especially first to second year head coach now where he had the job a whole off season, he knew it was going to be his as compared to getting it so late. Did you see it change anything about how the, he approached all of it? No, nah, he kept his, he kept the same composure. The only thing that changed was he got a bigger office and then, you know, he got a bathroom there that I'd be trying to use. We be, basically, we we just, the only thing that changed, we, we just share the same space. We share a bigger space now. So that's great. Yeah. You, I'm sure he would appreciate saying that you share it. Are you going to go put your name on the, on the door? Oh, I, I might as well at this point. That's great. So what have you wanted to do other than football? When you look back at you, in high school or even in college when you didn't know for sure the NFL was going to be a thing, what did you think you were going to end up doing? Uh, I just figured that I was going to be like, I was going to do something involving mechanical engineering. It's pretty incredible. What did you like about it? Oh, I was, you know, I always been a math, I always been like a math guy. Like I just love math. I love science. Like that was like, that was, that was, those my subject in school. Like, so that was mainly like, that was probably like what I want to do. Like that was what that was my, that was what I was like majoring in in college, but apparently something wild happened. Like I was taking, I came into college with like credits that made me a sophomore, but they saw it as me being behind instead of ahead. So they're like, "Oh, you're still, you, oh you're behind. You missed your freshman requirements for the uh for this major. So now you gotta we gotta load your schedule so you can catch up." I was like, "Wow, the fact that I planned all this just so I could like, you know graduate early with my mechanical engineering degree, but now y'all just." Basically punishing me for being a uh, <laughs> being an honor roll student. <laughs> That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Did they ever figure it out, or did you end up just kind of getting punished all the way across? Yeah, I got punished all the way across. Man, do so you feel like it's something you might consider doing when you're done now? Oh uh, well, now I I can't see myself going back to school now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so now, what do you think you would want to do whenever you finish your career? uh i want to get into like like i'm already starting real estate right now but you know i just want to like invest in like different things like real estate and then like work on my trucking company and oh you a trucking company oh yeah that's great How, what gave you the idea for that you know i was just casual on the highway and i was just like man i never like understood like trucking so i just i just read a book on trucking and then then i had a friend that got into it too and so i picked his brain and now just like, yep, this might be this enough for me uh to just test this out. That's incredible. You just got curious seeing a truck on the highway and now you have a trucking company. Yeah. That's incredible. I love that. 
Um, how about your off season? Uh, what did you do that was uh, fun? I feel like I saw you everywhere. I feel like everywhere I turned that you there you were <laughs> at every event and everything across the country. So first off, the cruise. Oh, that was that that was hands down probably the, one of the funnest moments of the of the year. So between so I went to you know we did the bus cruise, and then I had went then I also went to the Dominican Republic. I go there once a year. And then I went to I went to uh, Vegas to watch my first my first boxing match live. Hey, what's funny about that is I went to Vegas and then you would not believe who walked past me to go to his seat. Who? Coach Bowles. Uh, <laughs> you get all the way to Vegas and you can't escape him. I know, right? I'm like, are you following me, dude? That's incredible. And, and then, what else? Uh, I, like I saw a few other things too. Yeah, and then I so I I, I did that, and then I had went to uh. Germany and London for the NFL PA to, for the NFL PA event. That was pretty. That was pretty nice. Like you know, we we went to those uh countries. We played in those countries in the past couple of years, but like we didn't actually have like the opportunity like to explore it. Especially Germany, I was I had so much jet lag that I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, but I had the opportunity like to go there and just visit. Except for it wasn't Munich. We went to Frankfurt, so that was more like their downtown like their downtown vibes. You know, it was, it was nice. It was nice. That's great. And did you also, did I see you went to the, was it the waste management open? Oh yeah, I did go there. Super Bowl. So I ended up going to the waste management tour and then I had a seat at the, I had a suite at the 16th, at the 16th hole. So what was, what was funny was while, while there, I didn't realize like I was sitting next to an actor. Like he, we introduced ourselves, but it didn't like, it didn't dawn on me until a guy asked me like, Hey, can I get a picture with Mr. McDonald? And I was like, I like, hey, do anybody know somebody like who's do anybody know somebody named Mr. McDonald here? They're like, Dean, it's Chris. I like Chris McDonald. So I kept looking, I was like, oh my God, this is Shooter McGavin. <laughs> so you were just hanging out with him and you didn't even know. No, I didn't even realize it. That's amazing. What do you so what do you think of all of that stuff was your favorite? Um, uh, probably the Drake concert. Yes, that's a good choice. I like that. Uh which did you see the press conferences that your teammates did trying to sneak some uh, album names in? Oh yeah, that was so that 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 was hilarious. That and was the fact great. that Baker like he it, like the fact that they did it like just casually, I was like, they, these guys are good, man. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. Do you think you'd be good at that? Uh, I probably would. I probably would. Yeah, I feel like you and Rashad are the guys that I see at all these events, all these things. Uh, what is it about the two of you that makes you want to just go and explore any event, anything, even in your in your downtime, that that's what you most want to do in your downtime? Ah, right, just being open-minded, man. You just, you know, you know, if you want to get yourself out there, you you gotta like have people like understand you outside of football. So they like really like have a like a more appreciation level for you. Cause when they see in the field, they just see you as a football player. But then when they get to know you, it's like, oh, you're really a cool dude, man. I like that. And tell me uh, where your don't make a scene uh, slogan came from, that this is what you call yourself. Oh, so so it, it started in high school. So I had a friend named Tracy Davis. When I started like getting like offers from like college and all this stuff, he every I'm talking about every day he saw me, it was, oh, my goodness, don't make a scene. It's just Jamel Dean. And he said that every day. So then once I graduated, like, Graduated, like got to college my freshman year. I got away from it, and then I had a, I had like a thing going on. Carl took a vouch for me, so I had a thing going on called Fit Friday. So I wore a new nautical outfit every Friday. 
during like the off season in college. So then everybody used to walk around camp. Like whenever they saw me, they used to always like they used to always record me. And I just always just be like, hey, don't make a scene. It's just Dean. That's and then great. like it, it just it just stuck with me. And it was just funny when I got here, Carlton was showing like other Bucks players that I was doing that. And then they were like, yeah, Dean, we already knew who you was before you even got here. <laughs> I was like, that's which is funny. It ended up making a scene, which is yeah, kind I of know, funny. Right? Um, how about the idea of I feel like cornerback as much as any other position has a stereotype to it that there's an idea of the personality that a cornerback has. Do you feel like you, how, how much do you, or don't you fit that? And, and is that, the, that stereotype around you guys, a fair thing? Uh, let's see. The stereotype is, well, they try to say we're emo- we're probably emotional people. We're risk takers. You know, we have, our, we have our times where we be risk takers. And then, Basically, like we, we like we're mentally strong, cause man, that that's it's 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 a rough position out there, cause your your margin of error is yep. is the minimum. That's true. So you feel like you fit that? Yeah. Yeah, you feel like that's fair. Well, I'm not really that. I'm not really that emotional. Like I'm probably yeah. a non. I'm a nonchalant player. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You don't feel like the emotional part. How about we always talk about how you are one of the fastest guys on the team if not the fastest do you feel like you are the fastest yeah uh, yeah i'm the fastest until someone uh proved me wrong okay so build with the current roster i think we did this last year and i enjoy doing it every year with you based on the current roster if you were to build a four by 100 team who are uh, you putting uh it, it would be me like based off like based off like just off of position wise just whoever you want. It's it, out of the whole team. Who do you want on your four by one hundred? Oh, it's gonna be me, Zion. Uh, let's know Mike. Mike. Mike is actually pretty fast. Like he he would be a good like straight straight ahead guy. And and Devin White. Ooh, okay, I like that. How about if you had to build it of made of the like the big men on the team? If you had to choose only from linemen. Oh man, big man relay. Ooh, that's tough. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll go with Tristan, Nick. Uh, I'll go with Luke. And God, I don't know who the, I don't know who the last guy going to be. That's a neck and neck race. It's a neck and neck race between all for the rest of them. Yeah. Position. Uh, what about Vita? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Vita. That'd be pretty funny. I would enjoy that. Uh, another question Allie had sent in that he wanted to ask you was, who are your favorite DBs to watch in the league? Uh, it, it's all, it was always Richard Sherman, Champ Bailey, Patrick Peterson, and and now is that actually Darius Slate now. I'd really be watching him. Yeah. Do you watch just for entertainment or do you watch to like get tips? Uh, I watch Richard Sherman just for like for tips, but the rest of the stuff would just be for entertainment. I like that. That's pretty good. Is it interesting to think that there's people out there watching you? Uh, yeah, it, it'd be so weird. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird when it'd be like, "Hey, man, I just, I just watch, watch the video." You know, that's like, I like, what? Really? That's great. I love like, that. What made, you, what made you even think about me? <laughs> All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. We are joined by cornerback 
Jamel Dean. So now moving on to this next week, you guys are 2-0. Now you got Monday night football against the Eagles. Heck of a matchup there. Um, what stands out to you just thinking about getting to play against them on Monday night? I mean, you know, they they, they was in the Super Bowl. Like we got to see how we uh, hold, how we uh, hold up against the run up for the Super Bowl. You know, yep. all, the, all, all eyes going to be on that game just to see like what the Bucks going to do against the Eagles. And tell me about their offense. I know it's only Monday, so you guys are early on the process. But what stands out to you most about their offense? You know, they got a lot of they got a lot of weapons. You know, they got a dual threat quarterback, and then their defense is still good. So you know, it's gonna gonna be, it's, it's gonna come down to the wire. Yeah, tell me about Jalen Hurts. Um, when you watch him, and maybe for your position in particular, what are the things that you know you're gonna have to watch out for? I mean, you know, he throws a good, he throws a good deep ball, and then. You know, he's athletic, so he can get out the pocket and then make them in that instant plays. And then, you know, sometimes he's a great runner. He's a great runner, too. So, you know, he got a lot of tools to him. How does what is the similarity and differences with Justin Fields and with him? Uh, You know, they both are athletic quarterbacks and then they can extend plays. How about uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, some of these uh, these weapons they got? What do you know about those guys and going against them? Well, you know, you know they basically got a, they they basically got the the USA Olympic team on uh on their offense, so it's gonna probably feel like a track meet. And then, you know all them guys they good at they they good at route running. They strong at they strong at the catch point. So you got to compete for the ball every play with the, with those guys. Do you like when you know it's gonna be a game like that? Do you feel like that suits your strengths? Uh, for the most part, yeah. And then you know. I, when you like know that this is gonna be like a huge game, it's like increases like the intensity level, like your focus. And then I like stuff like that because when you like all the preparation you do throughout the week, and then it shows, and you play have a good game, it, like gives you like a good like feeling, like yeah, I like I really like prepared myself for this moment. How about their running back DeAndre Swift? What have you uh, noticed about him or know about him so far? Yeah, you know, you know man, he I guess he he's originally from Philly, he's originally from Philly, hometown kid, you know. He's putting on the show for him. Like I know it's probably it's a good feeling when you can play like close to home. Like, you know, of course, I'm from Cocoa Beach, so I know the feeling. Yeah, you feel it all the time. Yeah. So, you know, he's a great runner, man. He always been he always been a great runner since college because we had to go against the guy. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. Uh it, do you feel like it is helpful when you go against guys that you have known like that for a long time or have competed against for a long time? Do you feel like it's helpful when it comes to tendencies and stuff? Uh, it's helpful, but then you know, once you get to the league, a lot of people like grow in their craft. So some get some some like he he's gotten a lot better since college. So kind of like so you really got like you get a you know like it's like, it's more like I played against him before, but now it's like well let's see how he is now because those those that what he did in the past is different for now. And then do you get extra hyped up for Monday Night Football? Uh yeah, I mean it's a prime time game because you know everybody's watching. That's true, and you guys are also going to have Rondé having his Hall of Fame uh, ceremony at halftime. I know you guys won't get to see it, obviously, but uh, what has it been like to have Rondé around the franchise? And for you as a, as a DB, is, is there been any interactions that have stood out to you with him, or things that you've learned from him, and just what he's meant to this franchise? You know, it's just the fact that he sticks around and we know and then the fact that he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. So that's always big to see those guys come around and all that stuff. Cause he's like you can look and like you see him like, hey, this guy really like achieved what most guys like what most players wanted to like achieve. 
And then just yeah. talking to the guy, you know, I, I, all the events I go to, they always pair us. They always have a sitting with each other. So good to have that interaction. Do you remember watching him when he was playing? Uh, I really don't remember. It was just so, it was so long ago. Not calling you, not calling you old, Rondé. I was going to say, if you told him that, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. <laughs> um, what is, have you heard about anything else in terms of his interactions with other guys on the team to be able to kind of help them and, and just what he's meant to kind of have him around and stuff when you have another, you know, person like that, that has done it so well? Well, I mean, you know, Keith Tan, you know, Keith Tandy, he talks about his time because he actually had, he actually was on the team when Rondé was like on the back end of his career. And he'll just talk about like how smart he was. He's like, yeah, man, he's explaining a lot of things to me. And then he would do it in the game, be like, wow, this guy really just still making plays. That's incredible. How about does the extra day of rest matter to you guys not playing until Monday? Oh, uh, it does matter. <laughs> you could actually get an extra day to sleep in. Good God. Especially. How does it affect the schedule this week? Uh, it really don't affect the schedule that much. It just now we just got like a bonus day. Yep. What are the ways that you feel like you try to use some of those bonus days? Uh, you just just extra film study, and then we can we can sneak in a you can sneak in a nap, you know, in the middle of the day. How about the fact that you guys have um an early bye week this year? What are the ways that that is a pro and a con? Uh, I don't see any pros with to an early bye week because man, yeah. it's like you got to go like what maybe 13, 14 games in a row. Like who normally like. You want to like play a couple games and then all right, just the halfway point now. So now we can just grind it out for the rest. But now it's like it's going to be a constant grind from week six and on. Yeah, that's going to be rough. That's for sure. How about for these home games? Do you have any sort of um, routines or things that you do whenever it's you know you're going to play at a home game? Of what is what does that look like for you, and how different is it if it's a one p.m. game versus a night game? uh it's really i mean only difference is like we just we have our activation the day of the game if it's a night game but that's really the only difference like all of it's the same really explain to people what activation is if they don't know oh so we basically like you wake up first thing in the morning you get your body like active because last thing you want to do is not move all day and then just try to go play a game because you're going to feel stiff so you just want to like get like like move get your like normal movements phone roll get your hips loose you like and your shoulders loose. like basically like it's almost a it's almost like a warm-up before the warm-up that's okay what have you learned about that over the course of your career of, of being able to take care of your body oh man that's huge man because like you realize it's sad to say like you realize that you had a, you're not as young as you used to be so you really have to like take care of your body because sometimes look if you don't like if you allow things to build up and all it takes is one hit and then now you out for a couple of weeks and then, you know, your, your, your best ability, your best ability is, is durability. That's what they always, that's what they always say in, you know, in the facility. Yep. So like, well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. You've been a great guest and good luck this next week against the Eagles. We have more next week on Buccaneers total access brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Buccaneers radio.